The information provided in this show is intended for your general knowledge only and is not intended to be, nor is it, medical advice or a substitute for medical advice. If you have or suspect you have a specific medical condition or disease, please consult your health care provider. Now listening to the Health Hero Show with Tim James. (laughs) What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here, founder of ChemicalFreeBody.com and your host for the show that simplifies and demystifies how to live an energetic life with a flat belly. So if you're into a healthy gut and staying young, then this is the show for you. What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here with another exciting episode of the Health Hero Show. Today in the house, I've got Max Goldberg from Organic Insider. Now, over at Organic Insider, he's uh, launching articles about every two weeks, kind of keeping everybody up to date on the organic movement, what's been going on since the 60s, and um, it's just timely stuff, and uh, he was actually referred to me uh, by Dr. Michael Haley. Now, you guys have been following me for a while. You know uh, I had Dr. Michael Haley on uh, with the Stockton Aloe a long time ago. Uh, search back there and you can find it. I probably should have pulled up the episode, but you can search through there and find it in previous episodes. And maybe you'll find another episode that you like too, as you're looking for this, this, uh, the aloe one about everything about aloe vera. And just to give uh, Michael another shout out, he actually purchased the uh, business, I believe, from Rodney Stockton, who owns Stockton Aloe and Startup. They have a very specific special strain of aloe that's, it's, uh, that it's unlike anything else. It's one of the best ones. It's actually used um, down at the Max Gerson Clinic. Uh, uh, Dr. Patrick Vickers, we've also had him on. Uh, he was actually referred to me by Dr. Haley as well. Um, I'm actually looking forward to going down to um, to uh, the Gerson Clinic and spending some time down there. I was actually at the Hippocrates Wellness Center again. Uh, as some, most of you know, I was there in um, 2011 to start my journey. I've been back four or five times. And then I was actually, and it had been quite a while. And I went back in December and then again a little bit later, I think it was in March or something, I went back. So I love going to clinics and learning things and and teaching people what I've learned as well and exchanging information. And and that's why I was so happy that when Dr. Haley had called me up and introduced me to Max because I haven't really had like a writer on, like somebody who was uh, writing lots of articles and, you know, really staying informed. And Max has a really cool background. He actually came from Wall Street. He'll tell you all about it. So I was a financial advisor. So it's kind of cool. There's more of us out there that like completely flipped what we were doing in our lives. And, um, you know, we're talking about sprouts and stuff like that instead of stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. So, hey, Max, uh, thanks for being here today. appreciate you coming on the show. Hey, Tim, thanks for having me. It's, uh, I'm, I appreciate you having me on. A few minutes to talk about organic. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's really important. And this, this message is really important because it's, you know, Max and I were talking about this pre-show is that it's it's asinine. It's really stupid that we actually have to call foods organic, right? Because back, you know, let's say back in 1850, if somebody said, hey, hand me some broccoli, it was just broccoli. It was just food. It wasn't like, is that GMO? Was that gene edited? Did they spray pesticides on that? Was there fertilizer? Is there chemical fertilizer? You know, and a lot of people don't today don't even know about this stuff, don't care, whatever. I mean, I think they do care, but they don't know. They don't have the awareness and the education on it, but it was just food. But this is the world we live in today. The world we live in today, we live in a, we just live in a crazy time. It's a, we live in a polluted planet and we as 
stewards of the planet, all of us listening to this show from, because remember, your buying dollars are driving industry. Every time you buy something, you're voting with your dollars to either keep that farm alive that's doing good stuff for you and your family and your immune system, or you're buying something that's not. It's destroying the planet, destroying you and your family and your immune system. So voting with your dollars, every single person listening to this show today and every single person you refer this show to is, um, you know, we are stewards of the land. Even if your hands aren't actually in the dirt planting, you are because you're directly connected to it with your money. So don't ever forget that because it's very important. Now, Max, you've been, uh, well, before we get into all the organic stuff, but stick around because we're going to give you some cool stuff. Um, he's going to get into some some stuff called gene-edited foods. that you, you, I mean, hold your hats on this stuff because it's a whole other level of deception. And you need to know about this if you care about yourself and you want to you just avoid it. You know, So, Max, you didn't start off as the writer for Organic Insider. Why don't you tell us like how you got to that point, what you did before, buddy? So, Tim, after college, I went to work on Wall Street. I was in investment banking. I was in the Latin American group, uh, and I spent a lot of my time down in, in the region, mostly in Argentina, Mexico, and Ecuador. Uh, got my MBA uh, at Columbia and then worked in technology and software for a while. And then in 2001 was really when um, the, the organic food basically appeared in my life. And this woman I was dating at the time, we went to go visit her naturopath and I started, I, the, the session was over and I just started talking with this woman. I'm like, don't we need all the chemicals to kill the bugs? And she's like, no, we don't. And she started explaining it to me. And I remember I went back, uh, back to New York and started doing research. And ever since that time have been eating close to hundred percent organic. And when I got into the industry, um, when I started my organic food blog, which Living Maxwell, and I now I have a newsletter called Organic Insider. But when I um, I got into the industry, it was all about um, what am I putting in my body? I didn't want the GMOs and the toxic pesticides in my body. And then when I started to write about the industry and really get a much greater understanding of what was going on, it took on much more importance and meaning because I really understood that eating organic is about protecting the farm workers and, and not exposing them to these toxic chemicals and about uh, keeping the, the farms and the water, making sure that those were not polluted. So as I got into it, it became much more about my own health and it became more about what is, what are, what is this way of farming organic and conventional, how are they impacting uh, the environment and human health? And so a few years in is really when activism became a big part of, of, of my work. And that's really the guiding force uh, of, of Organic Insider. And it's really to, you know, uh, let people know what's really going on because you just do not hear about it in much of the media. Yeah, good luck on that. Um, so you'll, you'll, you'll see it on the media though, nowadays, because, um, it comes in a different form though. It's not going to be on the news channel. It's going to be in the commercials because what's going to happen. Like I, I bring this up quite often now, but like my dad watches uh grit TV. He likes old country Western shows. He's in his early eighties. And, um, I see it almost every day when I walk in the house or every other day, the commercial comes on and there's a picture of a farmer in a field looking away and they're talking about paraquat as an example, which is a chemical 
uh, that they're using on farmlands. And it says, if you've been exposed to Paraquat and you've had these different cancers or other stuff, you may be entitled to compensation. So attorney firms that are real, that are in business today, are investing their money to get ad space on television shows to get in front of the public so that they can get these clients and go down and make a bunch of money because the attorney firms will make 30, 40% of whatever they win. That's pretty standard. So if, think about it. If an attorney firm, why would they do that? Why would they invest their money into TV ads and continue to do it? Because it's profitable, because it's a real deal, because they're finding people and they're taking these cases and they're winning money. And these, but the bottom line is like, okay, great. Well, you got cancer and you got a million bucks or 5 million bucks or whatever that fit 250,000 or 10 million or whatever it is. Some of these payouts are huge actually. But um, the reality is, is that it doesn't really matter how much money you got when you got cancer and you're sick, you know, and then, you know, all of a sudden you as a, a, a farmer out there, what you talked about, you said this mission became much bigger than you. You were like thinking, I'm going to eat organic for me. Then you started realizing you made that connection that I was talking about earlier that it's like, God, like when I buy something, I'm either going to poison a farmer or not. And then I could literally be taking 30 years off of a farmer's life and his children might not, his daughter might not be able to have dad walk her down the aisle because I ate some vegetables that were sprayed in Paraquat as an example. I mean, that's, that's how deep this shit is. I mean, it's real. It's, it's, it's so real that it's, that, that people are paying money. Our attorney firms are paying money for it today to, um, to go make money on these on these lawsuits. Have you seen any of this in your work? I, I've seen the lawsuits, the glyphosate lawsuits the other day. I uh, saw Paraquat, uh, the commercial the other day. Um, there's a reason that Bayer's put aside $11 billion for these uh, glyphosate set, roundup settlements. Um, you know, and what you said at the top of the intro is just so true, is that every single time we eat, we get to vote. Do we want our money going to organic farmers who are enriching the communities, who are regenerating the soil, or do we want our money going to the major international chemical companies and their you know, patent-protected seeds and their privacy and their secrecy? Is that where you want your money going towards, or do you want your money going towards the, the these organic farmers who are building communities and rebuilding soil health? I mean, that is the truth. Every single time we eat, we get to we get we get to vote. Well, and the thing that usually the big knee jerk reaction is there's two things that I hear all the time. Number one, well, we can't feed the world with without chemicals because we need to grow these crops. That's that's probably one of the biggest ones. And then from the farmer's side, they're like, I, I need to be able to make money. I can't, I can't do it. I need to be profitable. Well, we know for a fact now, and, and you're like. And again, don't take my word for it, but go look this up. Do your own freaking research on this stuff. But it's like I had um, – I'll have to pull her up here. Elaine – I just had Elaine on my show. I'll pull it up like in uh, – let me look up my website here really quick. Uh, let's go to media, podcast. So Elaine Ingham, and I was just trying to see which episode it was. Now, she is a um, – Dr. Elaine Ingram, she was uh, like one of the top microbiologists and still is in the world. And, and, and she's actually uh, helped over 200,000 farms to uh, get, you know, go back to sustainable farming. It was episode 163 on the Health Hero Show right here. Um, increasing 
farmers profits and our health naturally was the title key word there increasing farmers profits and our health naturally so on her on her uh website soilfoodweb.com you can see that farmers now farmers listen and if you know a farmer get this show over to them then they can listen to this show and go to the other one um you can increase elaine's helping them increase their profits 10 to 20 percent year one reducing the chemicals on their soil and their farms 100 percent year one reducing the amount of water needed to grow their crops 50 percent year one and it gets better every year after that some of the profit margins were up over i think she talked about 500 percent profit margin so it's the reality, and I, I was just talking to you, Max. I just had enough specialized mycelium dropped off on my farm here, about $15,000 worth. For We're getting ready to plant an acre and a half to two acre sustainable food forest. Not a, not a garden, but a food forest that will, once it's planted, it will continue to grow and grow and grow and produce food year after year after year with very little maintenance. And we're going to start helping other people. We're going to be a showroom, basically an outdoor showroom of what's possible and then we're going to help other people install these food forests locally. So in case shit does hit the fan, they don't have to worry about it. They got food. Just like we were talking, if I want huckleberries in the fall, I just, I, just, I just go out to the mountains and I pick them. They're always there. They're always there because it's a sustainable food forest. The elderberries are always there. I can make elderberry tea. I can make elderberry jam. I can pick morel mushrooms in the spring, which we just did. There's always food out in the forest. Nature's always baking it, and that's how the animals and we were supposed to live. And we just, we got to get back to that. So this is the most important thing is to understand that, like, number one, farmers, you can make more money. And to answer the other question, which is we can't feed enough people, um, that's bullshit. That is absolute bullshit. The, like, just an example, the mycelium that I have will double and triple people's crops. And we, we will have that available on our website very soon, and people can buy them in 10-pound bags, these soil amendments that you can add to your, your garden, your farms. Uh, you'd have to call us for the farms quotes and stuff, but to your garden, they actually have one you can dump on like a 22-year-old uh, citrus tree, and within one year, it'll start producing like it's an eight-year-old tree at its maximum capacity. I'm like, this is the underground power of nature. It's been killed off by chemicals, chemical fertilizer, chemical pesticides, fungicides, herbicides, all this kind of stuff. So, and, and the other thing is, is 70% of the food that we're, we're growing the, is going to feed animals that we eat. So if we can just, you know, restructure some of that, grow some of our own food and eat more plants and eat a little bit less animals, you know, we're going to feed the world just fine. It ain't going to be a problem. So it's just a whole bunch of bullshit that's been thrown out there. And you, ha you can't believe it anymore because we are dying younger. Our children and grandchildren are now dying younger than us. Go look at the statistics. Life expectancy is dropping in this country compared to all the other countries, industrialized nations. We are dropping like a rock. We're dying. Our children and grandchildren are dying younger than us, and we're paying double the amount, double the amount out of our pockets to, do, to die younger. That's what's happening. So maybe you can speak on that for a little bit, Max. Well, I, I mean, I'm in agreement with you when I hear this, that we need GMOs to feed the world. I mean, this is propaganda from the GMO industry and they've said it for so long and so often politicians believe it, the, the, the general public believes it because the, the industry has a very calculated 
and detailed plan to discredit organic and to promote GMOs. And so this is an amazing soundbite that they've put forward. We need GMOs to feed the world. How are we going to feed the world without GMOs? People just repeat it. They don't even understand what it means. They How did the world it. feed the world before GMOs? Just, just fine. Right. Just fine. Right. Now, I know there's right. more people, but the bottom line is it's like, I mean, I got a guy that um, I had him on a while back. He was just a, it was a, uh, it worked for Wells Fargo, basically. He was in the mortgage industry and I worked with him on some stuff. They did a half an acre garden and they fed 15 families. Wow. Just with a little half acre garden. Yeah. And I, and I don't even know if they know about all the stuff we're talking about. And they were, they were doing the tilling and stuff, but if they could get to more regenerative agriculture, re recolonizing mycelium and getting the soil back to the way it was, I mean, my God, maybe they could feed 30, 45 families on a half acre. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is when you look at a country like Venezuela, is Venezuela, are the people starving there because there isn't enough food in the world? No, they're starving because it's a political issue. So this idea that we, we need GMOs to feed the world is, is, is just, it's pure, pure propaganda. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I learned from Dr. Shiva Iadure too, that like, as a, 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 you know, he's like a engineering biological system scientist that when you genetically modify a plant, you disrupt that plant's internal metabolism and it stops making glutathione, which is good for us. And it starts making formaldehyde, which is what they use to embalm us when we pass away in mortuaries. So we're like literally embalming ourselves when we eat this crap. And then all, all I see is like, I, I just, I'm boots on the ground, man. We coach, we, we have a whole team of coaches. We coach people. And what I see out in the daily is that people that get off of genetically modified foods, get off of wheat and corn and soy and all this crap, anything that's commercialized and get over to things that are not commercialized, like Kamut and Spelt and Amarath and Teff and Quinoa and these types of things, their health improves. Mm -hmm. It's like every time. It's like I, I'm telling it's like every single time people's health gets better when they get off of genetically modified commercialized processed foods. It's just that simple. So you're right. There is a these sound bites that it's very calculated because that side of the veil is basically they have what's called system scientists and they sit down and they war game war board and they it's very detailed they know exactly how they're going to lay the whole thing out and they do it and they have the money behind them and they use the media and and certain politicians and all these people and again all we have to do is look at life expectancy if you're spending if we spend more on health than any other country and we're eating the foods we're eating with the farming practices that are being pushed by politicians and the policies they've written the industry in the medical industry that's being pushed by media um i mean then they they fail i mean they get an f they need to be fired basically because it's not working because we are dying our children are dying younger than us that's where we're headed so why would we even entertain this anymore it's so, so it's so apparent now i don't even know why we're even talking about it but you know people are still lining up at mcdonald's Every day, Jack in the Box, Wendy's, Subway, all these fast foods up full, all the whole damn things full of non-organic, genetically modified, sprayed crap. And people are lining up and killing and, and, they're, and they're buying stuff for their kids. That's what I see on the daily. No question about it. And, um, you know, when one of the things that a lot of people don't understand is 
glyphosate, which is the most widely used chemical in the world, which is sprayed on, on, on a huge percentage of the genetically engineered crops, glyphosate is prohibited in organic. But just because it's prohibited in organic does not mean it, ha it, it hasn't contaminated the organic food supply. Parts of the organic food supply are contaminated, are contaminated by glyphosate. That is why there is a certification called the glyphosate residue-free, glyphosate residue-free certification, which not only certifies non-organic brands, there's a, you know, like Oatly is a, not an organic brand, but they got certified. Organic brands are actually getting this glyphosate residue-free certification um, because parts of the organic food supply chain have been contaminated. Yeah, so, it's insane. So it's for people to think, okay, well, I'm eating organic, it's not going to have glyphosate. Well, it's not necessarily true. It's not by our choice. Uh, and and this is this is one of the things that's that's happening out there. Let's talk more about that. We're going to take a break. When we get back, I want to dive a little deeper and and share with the listeners the kind of stuff that you've learned and I've learned um, on just how insidious uh, these chemicals and toxins are in our food supply. We'll be right back. Turmeric has been used for thousands of years all across India and Southeast Asia and is one of the best anti-inflammatory compounds on earth. Now you can get these incredible benefits with the new chemical-free body Turmeric 100 liquid drops. This ethically sourced breakthrough solution helps against inflammation and pain. Turmeric 100 is made with the same chemical-free body promise. No stimulants, 100% organic, and always made in the USA. Get yours today at chemicalfreebody.com. What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here. I'm back with Max Goldberg, and we're going down the rabbit hole of chemicals and labels, and um, it's kind of a, it's kind of like a stew. It's just a big, it's a big cauldron. I don't know. It's just a bunch of crap thrown in there. It's unbelievable. So the way it should be, there should be no chemicals. It should be nature. You pick food, you eat it, and you're going to be healthy and rock and roll. But that's not where we're at today. We live in a polluted world. Um, mega corporations have bought up farmers. Farmers have been basically thrown to the wayside. They are the stewards of the land. And we are too, because we're connected with our buying dollars. And what's happening now is we have to, uh, these labels have started popping up. So at first it's like, you've got the USDA organic label. And then there's other types of organic labels, right? Like Oregon Tilth, right here in the state of Oregon, we have that, right? Um, and then, then the non-GMO label came out, right? To stay away from non-GMO, but non-GMOs not, doesn't mean it's not organic, right? Non-GMO means no GMOs. Uh, yeah. non-GMO does not mean organic and non-GMO does not mean that it is free from all these really harmful chemicals like glyphosate and, uh, you know, whatever the chloropyrifos and the rest of them. Um, it means no GMOs. That's it. So the whole, I've had this conversation. So my formulator, Dr. Scott Treadway, he started a nonprofit called Naturally Occurring Standards Group. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's NOSG. And it was a label. It was a label. It was just supposed to be one label because it's bullshit that we have to have a label in the first place. But if you are going to have a label, why do we have to have non-GMO and organic and gluten-free? And, and it's all this stuff. You buy this stuff. Is it gluten-free? Is it wheat-free? You know, is it, 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 is it you know, sugar-free? It's like you have to have all these stuff, non-GMO, Oregon Till certified. Oh, you had to go through and read. You have to ha kind of have a mini degree in order to even look at labels. And then you don't know if the people behind it are bullshitting you in the first, first place. So 
the, what his idea was was just to have one label. Naturally occurring standards groups goal was to just mean it has to naturally occur in nature. And if that's not the case, it's out. That's it. it it's really simplifies things. So of course it would mean non-GMO and it would be non-sprayed. And it would mean that you're not using water that wasn't tested. The water has to be tested because they're actually, a lot of these companies now, they're not, they're, they're putting the fertilizers and stuff in the water and then feeding the plants with it. So it gets in the water. And like you were mentioning glyphosate, it's all over the place. It's, it's in, glyphosate's tested in 74% of rainwater today. Rainwater around the globe. So three quarters of our rainwater has glyphosate in it. That's how much they've been spraying. So even in countries that don't allow it, they're getting rained on with glyphosate. That's where it's at. So let's talk about this. Um, let's talk about what you talked about, which was the, let's just go through these labels. Let's go through the organic label real quick and the non-GMO label. And then and we'll just talk about, there's a couple new labels you said that were added to this regenerative organic certified and real organic product labels. Yep. So let's talk about organic. And then now some of these, uh, a lot of these labels, uh, these certifications have, have be, were born into existence because of frustration of what wasn't out there. So why does the non-GMO label exist? Because the USDA, I mean, it's different from USDA organic, but the USDA organic is not out there testing these high risk crops like corn, soy, canola, things like that. So the non-GMO project is testing these high risk crops. And the non-GMO project is actually doing um, uh, playing a very valuable role in all of these next generation GMOs, like these gene edited crops, um, these lab grown meats, these things like that. Gross. So that's what non-GMO is, the non-GMO project. Then you've got uh, what I just mentioned, this glyphosate residue free. It's a certification that actually tests the products for glyphosate. USDA is not doing that. So a lot of this, in terms of organic, the USDA is a, is a paper-based system, and they're going and checking, and they're supposed to do 5% unannounced visits on all their operations. Um, but they're do, are they doing that in-depth testing that consumers probably expect or assume they are? No, they're not. But there is uh, some good news with two, uh, with two labels that I want to talk about, and these are called add-on labels. One is called Regenerative Organic Certified, and the second one is called Real Organic Project. So what is an add-on label? These are products that are added on top of a product that's already certified USDA organic. So you have to have USDA organic as the baseline. Now, what is Regenerative Organic Certified? It, it was started by Dr. Bronner's Rodale and Patagonia, and it's a regenerative organic standard that has three main pillars, uh, soil health, worker fairness, and animal welfare. Those are the three main pillars. So it's, it's the new gold standard in organic. Um, so you've got a bunch of companies out there. It's relatively new in the last few years, but it really, it focuses on those three pillars. So it's above and beyond USDA organic. The other one I mentioned is real organic project. And those, and that is uh, no hydroponics and no factory or organic factory farms and no split farms. You can't have half of your farm be organic, half of your farm be conventional. Now, hydroponics is banned in both uh, labels as well. Why so, is that? Hydroponics is, well, hydroponics is growing plants 
in water and it's drip fed nutrients. According to the Organic Foods Production Act of, of 1990, section 6513, it says that farmers must have a management plan that fosters soil fertility. Growing plants in a bucket of water, drip fed nutrients, does not foster soil fertility, yet the USDA is allowing it. It is a complete violation of organic rules. And these two um, certifications have said, they, they said, enough, we can't take it anymore. We have to have a certification that bans hydro hydroponics and also factory farms. That's one of the major problems we're having in organic right now, particularly with dairy farms, is that the USDA is turning a blind eye to these massive dairy farms in Texas and Arizona, Colorado, and the prices are being artificially pushed down. These small organic family farms who are doing things the right way cannot compete. They cannot get their prices low enough. And so they're going out of business. It's an absolute epidemic. Um, whether you're vegan or not, people should be concerned about these small organic dairies because dairy's not going away. So if there's going to be dairy, you want you want dairy to be produced in a in a very uh, uh, in an ethical, sustainable way where the animals are treated well. So, um, well, that, another point on that that's really frustrating is that it's you just mentioned like the prices are being held down, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, one of the processes that are used to do that, to hold them prices down for these big, these, you know, it's called subsidies. And what that means is that the government is giving them our tax money. So what that means is, is that we are paying for these big, for our government to take our money and give it to big factory farms that give crappy products um, and then buy the price down so that somebody that has a small farm who's making a higher, much higher quality product that actually probably has, has the cows named, you know, um, is uh, they're going to be out of business. And what you're going to be left with is garbage, basically. And you're paying for that. You're actually paying to get, we're paying it with our tax dollars. So this is why, again, you, to vote with your dollars, you have to freaking get educated on this stuff. It's time for adults to wake up look at this big white elephant in the room and say, oh, okay, I get it now. And go take some effort out of your daily life and find small farmers that actually are doing good things and, and buy their stuff, period. Just give them all your money. That's how you do it. Stop giving your money to these big corporations. And then you won't, guess what? You'll make more money on the back end too because they won't be able to take, take your taxes because those big companies will go out of business. They won't be able to subsidize them anymore. They'll probably take your tax money and do something else stupid with it, but at least we've stopped that deal. All right, keep keep going, Max. <laughs> yeah, so the Washington Post, Post did a, a huge investigation in 2017 where they looked at this organic farm in Colorado, and they, they were the, the industry experts were like, there's just no feasible way for the cows to get access to pasture, which they're supposed to be able to do and be able to exhibit their natural behavior. And this is a this is a and when they did the lab tests of the omega three levels of this organic farm, it showed very similar omega three levels to conventional. And so what's happening is that these massive organic factory farms they're not following the rules. The USDA is turning a blind eye, and they're 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 able because they're not following the rules they're able to get 
thousands more animals onto one farm and produce milk that's not quote legitimately organic. And these these small organic dairies who are doing things the right way, they can't compete. They can't get the prices down because you can't you can't do that high quality food at such low prices. And that's having a an incredibly deleterious effect on the livelihood of these organic farmers. And the other thing is, and, and same with the hydroponics, is that as these small farms go out of business, whether it's dairy or uh, tomato or organic berry or tomato farms who are gr actually growing in the soil, not growing hydroponically, these people are going out of business. So not only does it hurt them, the, but for us, as consumers, when we want to have legitimate uh, or organic dairy uh, with the cows that are eating grass or the berries and tomatoes that are grown in the soil, that's becoming much harder to find at the grocery store. So consumers, most people have no idea, consumers are losing choice. Every single day we're losing choice. As the rules are not enforced, consumers are losing choice. So what that means is that we've talked about this on the show before is that you are losing choice. You're getting crappy products. That's what's ended up happening. And, you know, when you look at it too, it's like, well, this milk's, you know, whatever. I don't even know what pay attention to milk or whatever, but let's say it's, I don't, what is it? $4 a gallon or something. I don't know. What's how much is a gallon of just crappy milk? Like KFO milk? Sure. Just cheap. Cheap, yeah, whatever cheap, it is, three, four big, dollars, whatever. Three, four dollars, and you might have to spend six or seven for a real legit organic dairy farm. I'm guessing, maybe. I don't. Yeah, know. I haven't purchased milk in a while, but it'll that, be it'll be I'm more. Gonna, um, yeah, and you know, like everybody here listens knows that I'm like, I don't drink the sec breast secretions of other species. I just don't do it. Right, so I'm not really big into the milk thing. It just doesn't make sense to me because I I under you know I know I. I don't have renin in my stomach like baby cows, so I can't break down those casein proteins. We've talked about this on the show before. So I'm out in that regards. Now, would I take dairy in if I threw some kefir grains in there or something and the kefir ate all the dairy and ate all the lactose and started breaking it back down to its elemental state? Yeah, I would do it in that situation, but I'm not going to do it the other way. The point is, is that when, when you have products, whether it's a tomato or a berry, or dairy, then uh, and they're crappy, and but they're cheaper, and you buy them, you're not making an investment in your health. You're poisoning yourself. You're saving a couple dollars to literally poison yourself. I mean, let's just say what it is. That's what's happening. You're putting toxic chemicals in your body. You're getting you're you're getting foods that are not what na nature intended, not what the creator had put together. There, everybody knows this too. It's like eating a tomato that's at a store that says vine ripened versus picking one off your aunt's garden and eating it. It's night and day. There's yeah. no, there's no question. It's like, it's not even the same deal. It's completely different. Your outcome in your life, your quality of your life, your vibrational frequency, the energy you have to get through the day, the example that you're setting for your children and grandchildren and how long you're going to live is dictated by your inputs. And these inputs are the part of the inputs are the foods you're eating. So, yeah, you look at milk and you're like, wow, that's $7 a gallon as an example, but that one's $3 a gallon. I can't afford the seven. You can't afford not to buy the $7 milk. You can't because mm -hmm. when you purchase that other one, you're destroying your health. You're setting a crappy example for your children. You're destroying the soil. You're destroying the, the farmers that actually care that are not tied to the government. You're destroying the plant. I mean, it's just this destruction. 
It's just like, that's how bad it is. I just want to draw a line in the sand today and point this out to people. It's like, you can't do it. And if it was, if you're just drinking milk and you didn't put kefir in it, you're killing yourself anyway. But as far as berries and everything else goes, if the government is subsidizing something, it's usually the meat and the dairy industry. It's, I don't, I've never seen broccoli subsidized. Have you seen broccoli subsidized? Uh, no. No, it's not. Berries, it's not. I, I, don't, I don't see this stuff. Uh, most people don't know this, but if you go buy a hamburger, like a $5 hamburger, the actual cost of that hamburger is $13 to get it to you at, and then you're just going to eat it. And then you got to, you know, you drive up to a drive in and it's a fancy burger place and they hand you your hot sack full of food. And then you eat your $5 burger and then you throw the sack out the window and that's, it's, you know, and then you, it's pollution, right? It's going to end up in a landfill. It's going to end up on a beach. It's going to end up plastic and all this other crap. That's the reality of the world we live in today. But what people don't know is that burger was actually $13. $8 was subsidized, meaning, again, they went into our pockets, took our tax money to pay the people to get that burger to you for five bucks. But we actually paid eight or eight more on top of it. So 13. This is what's happening in the dairy industry and the meat industry. And why do we have to do that? Why? What? What's the, I mean, why would you think, Max? I mean, I know, but like, what, why are they subsidizing those two industries? Well, it's it all comes down to uh, political and economic power and the lobbying uh, power they have in Washington D.C. They're very organized. These are big commodity industries, and you know this is this is what helps get politicians elected. And when these, and particularly uh, in the Midwest, and and when these politicians uh, take donations, and when they're in office, they have to pay back those favors. And that's just that's the game. So if we really want to change the food system, we need to, I mean, this is kind of a much larger conversation. We need to have campaign finance reform uh, because as long as these major corporations are, you know, funding these politicians and once they get in office, these politicians have to uh, return the favor and they're going to want to get reelected. So that's just how it works. And for people who think that, who are aggrieved that major corporations and the lobbyists are running this country, let me assure you, the exact same thing is happening in the organic industry. Yeah, and again, it all points back to, I'm sharing screen with Max right now. Max, I wanted to show you this graph. You see, back in 1984, we started going sideways in life expectancy. And then in 2014, it actually started going down. And now it's on a steep decline. Mm -hmm. So again, these are all the other industrialized nations. They're still kind of creeping up. And all those other industrialized nations, you guys have to understand that you guys always lag behind the United States 5, 10, 15 years. So this is coming to a son and daughter and grandchildren near you. They're going to start dying younger than you. So what he's talking about is these subsidies. And then you have uh, lobbyists that are pushing for these subsidies for the meat and the dairy industry, convincing people that you have to have uh, uh, this much of this stuff. And it's like, look at the results. The results, again, are we're dying. Your children and grandchildren are now dying younger than us. That's what's happening. And what's the quality of life like over here? Like, I, 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 I'm going to work for the rest of my life trying to help people. And I don't know how much of a dent I'm going to make, but it's there's a lot of people out there. We talk to people every day. 80% of people are overweight, obese, morbidly obese. That's freaking ridiculous. It wasn't just like... 60 years, 70 years ago, you go to the beach, you look at the pictures of people in the 1950s. Everybody was pretty fit. Everybody was pretty fit on the beach. This was before the chemicals hit in the 1960s, guys. 
So let it sink in a little bit. We're going to take another quick break. When we get back, we're going to wrap on a few more things uh, that Max is doing over at Organic Insider. We'll be right back. The average person today is carrying around 6 to 12 pounds of impacted fecal material and mucoid plaque in the small and large intestine. That's gross, but worse, it's super unhealthy. That is why we created Gut Detox Formula. This ancient 1,000-year-old formula from India gently micro-cleanses the intestines, removing all of that funk and gunk and junk that is destroying your health while leaving your good bacteria behind, which is part of your immune system. And there is no diarrhea like most gut detox products, and it's made with the same chemical-free body promise, no stimulants, 100% nature, and always made in the USA. Get yours today at chemicalfreebody.com. What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here. I'm back with my special guest, Max Goldberg from Organic Insider. And um, at the end here, we'll wrap up. I want you guys to make go check him out uh, at organicinsider.com. We'll give you all that. But um, Max, uh, you had talked to me pre-show about a couple things that I wasn't aware of. Gene-edited foods. <laughs> so you, you think it can't get any worse, but it does. Right. So what the hell are gene edited? Well, foods? they got to figure out a way, new, a new way to patent the foods. So what are gene edited foods? So traditional GMOs, GMO corn, soy, canola oil, things that have been around for a few decades. They take DNA from bacteria and put it into a different organism. So a different seed. So it's transgenic from one genes, from one uh, organism to another. What gene edited foods are, they are not taking anything from a foreign organism and putting it into a different one. What they're doing is they're going into that seed and they're rearranging the DNA. So they're, 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 they're moving stuff around, they're silencing it, they're doing a, a variety of different things to achieve, to have certain traits expressed. So this is gene-edited foods. So gene-edited foods are, be, be, under the USDA, there's something called the plant pest rule. If you're not adding a plant pest into an organism, a GMO, you can bypass regulation. There's no oversight. So the USDA says, you're not a plant pest. Uh, you're not, you're genetically engineered, but with no plant pest, we don't regulate you. FDA says, uh, we, we, you can go through a voluntary safety assessment, not mandatory. So it's really, no one's really watching over any of this stuff. Of and course. so these gene edited foods, of course, are patented. And we are going to be seeing an explosion of them. You're going to be seeing gene edited foods everywhere. Now, one of the things that's come out is uh, these companies, many of these companies, countries like Canada and Israel and the media are pitching these gene-edited foods as non-GMO. They're using modern biotechnology, doing genetic engineering, and yet it's being pitched as non-GMO. And why is this? Two reasons. One, um, they think that, okay, if we're not using transgenic, that's what GMO means. That's one reason. And the second reason is that it's there is the possibility that this could occur uh, in nature. It, this could occur naturally through um, crossbreeding. 
And, you know, you listen to Dr. Michael Hansen from Consumer Reports. He says, this is absolutely not true. This is genetic engineering. This is GMO. Consumers don't know the difference between GMO and GE foods, GMO foods and GE foods, because that's they, they consider GMO to be all genetic engineering. But these gene edited companies are claiming, and Canada just came out the other day and said that gene editing is non-GMO. It's, it's the craziest thing. This is absolute deception. This is deception. So when consumers, all your listeners out there, when they start reading about these gene edited foods, this is GMO, this is genetic engineering, and it's not going to be labeled. Yeah. And I mean, to simplify things, the bottom line is, is again, there's nobody that I've met or I've heard of that can start uh, an apple from scratch in a laboratory. You can't do it. Only nature can do this. So when they're in there messing around with stuff, even hybridization, like where they're splicing one plant with another over thousands of years, that's a mild form of genetic modification. It really is. They're taking things and mixing them, right? What they're doing now, though, is because it's not going from another species to another species, like taking, um, and I wanted to clear something up. So tomatoes. Now, I was told by two for years, I've been told that they would take because uh, tomatoes lived in you know pretty nice tropical climates and stuff. Actually, started down and with the Aztecs and all that, and they used them as ornaments, right? And then when the conquistadors came over, they you know raped and pillaged the lands, took the tomatoes back, and then um, started growing them over there. And then that's where all the spaghetti sauce and all that stuff came from, right? But then they started marketing them because they wanted to sell them to people in cooler, more temperate climates. They would put like flounder genes in them so that they went, they were kind of like frost free tomatoes. Is that true? Do you know much about that? Because I've, I, I, I thought remember, that was I don't the, know that specific episode, but these apparently these flavor saver tomatoes, I think it was from the, a few decades ago, that actually was, on my understanding, a gene edited tomato and it just didn't work. Hmm. Yeah. I, I just thought you might clear that up because I've, was pretty sure that from everybody I talked to that it was like they were doing stuff like that. So, you know, flounders, uh, fish lived at the, you know, the bottom of the sea, very, very cold. And they were able to take their genes, mix it with tomatoes so the tomatoes could, you know, last and wouldn't frost out as much. So they could, and people are like, oh, frost-free tomatoes. That's great because I have frost up here. And eventually it's going to get so cold, it's not going to do it. But it would get them a few more degrees, right, so that they could have tomatoes a little bit longer in the fall. And people would pay for that. We're like, oh, it sounds good. But they don't realize like how bad it could be underneath, you know, what they're eating. Actually, it's like, I wouldn't want to eat any of that. No way. Kind of spooks me out. You know, Tim, on, on an inorganic insider a few years ago, I interviewed this, this guy, his name was uh, Caius Romans. He's a PhD. He's in hiding now. Um, he used to work for the company that he invented the genetically engineered potato that doesn't brown. They used RNAi silencing to do this. And then after he did this, he sort of, he, he really understood what he was doing and became really uncomfortable with it and quit and left the whole industry. And he wrote a book about this. And what he said, he says, genetic in engineering is like editing a book when you don't know the language. I mean, imagine that. Imagine, I said, Tim, I want you to edit this book in Chinese and you don't speak the language. That's what mm -hmm. he said. And he, this is a PhD engineer who came up with this stuff. And he says, so the, the reality is that these 
people who are genetically engineer, engineering this food, they do not understand everything that's going on. They do not understand the implications. And there is just so much to, to, that we do not understand. And that's the real danger. Is we don't know what the long-term effects of, of, of human uh, or environmental health are with these crops. Well, um, we're dying. Our kids are dying younger than us now. So how's it working? Right. It's just, it's, it's so simple. Nature's the answer. I mean, there is no other, and that's it. So, okay. So we talked about genetically modified. We talked about labels. We talked about this new thing called gene edited foods. Be careful when you see this propaganda out there, especially on media where it's like, oh, cause it's going to happen here. If it's already happened in Canada that, oh, this, these are not GMO. They're only gene edited foods. It's the same thing. And you should, you know, maybe get a little bit angry about this and then make some changes in your life and then and then be happy. Be happy about that you even know about this stuff so you can make more wiser decisions for yourself and your family as you're working with local farmers. Buy your stuff local. Cause that's what yeah. I want to talk about. Like what let's just go through the solutions. What's the solution to this for the for the average uh, you know, the listener today? Well, there's a few. Um, one is go to your local farmers market. Buy from the, buy from your local organic farmers. The, I mentioned those two add-on labels: Real Organic Project and Regenerative Organic Certified. Um, my, you you have some show notes with the uh, the links to those. Is that sure, right? Sure, sure, sure. Okay, yeah. those are two really good certifications. Those are add-on labels, and if you can, Real Organic Project is mostly farmers right now. There are it's hard to find them in a supermarket. You do find tomatoes and a few other things. That do have the real organic project seal, but those are it's mostly a farmer label now. It's going to be a consumer label very soon. But regenerative organic certified, again, that was started by Dr. Bronner's Patagonia and Rodale. And Rodale was the is the um birthplace of the organic food movement in, in the US, started in the 1940s by J.I. Rodale. So doing that and and really, and there's a uh or nonprofit called the Cornucopia Institute where they rate. They have scorecards for organic eggs and yogurt and and uh, all different types of foods where they're actually rating all of the organic brands because not all, for example, not all organic milk is created equal. If you're at a big box store and you're buying that brand's, you know, uh, you know, private label, that's not going to be the same quality as you know buying local organic milk at your from your local farmer. So not all organic, just because you see the organic seal on something does not mean that they're all produced in the exact same way. They're supposed to be, but they're not. Um, so those are the things. Um, that's my uh, those are a few things that 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 people can do. And these two add-on labels. There were there were there was a lot of um, things to be concerned about that we talked about in the podcast, Tim. And I want to leave people with some optimism. There, are, these two add-on labels are really a phenomenal, phenomenal development. And if you can buy foods that have these certifications, it's a really good thing. The quality is super high. And be sure to contact those brands and thank them, and you tell them you're just going to support them, that they're doing this, because uh, this is really elevating organic. It's raising the bar for what organic represents. And these are companies who are going above and beyond the minimum required. They really want to raise the bar as well. So this is actually one of the really positive developments uh, in, in organic. Awesome. Awesome. Well, hopefully we'll get to a point someday where we won't even need labels anymore. 
Wouldn't that be a breath of fresh air? You could just walk back into your local grocery store and pick fresh food grown from nature uh, with a little little human touch on it and brought to you at your local grocery store so you can pick it up, take it home to your family, put it in your body. Food is medicine rather than food is poison. And we can turn around our life expectancy chart, which is dropping like a rock right now, and start pushing it back up. And again, remember, guys, that this the, the listeners out there, you guys, you have all the power. It's all in your hands. Every month you have your money coming in. You take that money and you go purchase something. You're voting with your dollars. It is just that simple. So don't feel like, oh, this is overwhelming. I don't know what to do. Um, I'm so small. I can't make a difference. That's BS. You, I mean, you are making, you've, you've made a difference just by being born. All right. Now let's just take some action and let's realize how powerful we really are and just start doing, doing, once you get educated, it's really easy to do the right thing. I mean, it's not hard. Just start reading some labels, put a little extra effort into it. You'll develop a new, I mean, cause everybody kind of gets in their cow path, right? Their system, their way of doing things. We get these habits, these rituals going and life's kind of crazy. It's been like that by design. And doing anything new is always a lot big deal, right? But just buy fresh food, look up some farmer's markets. You know, there's a, a place called uh, happycow.com, happycow.com, and you can look that up. And there's, it's, it's, it's kind of a plant-based thing, but they also have all the different, anywhere in the world you can find uh, farmer's markets, juice bars and stuff like that. And there's usually a lot, a lot healthier stuff there. So look up CSAs. Uh, farmers markets in your area and go down and, and meet the farmers and, and ask them. And when you ask them, Hey, do you use any type of chemical fertilizers or pesticides on this? And then you'll see some like, well, yeah, we use a little bit, you know, it's like, mm, you know, that might not be where you want to get your food or they say, yeah, we do. But it's like, Oh no, of course we don't do that. And then they get excited about it. And then like, go out, check out the, take the kids, go out to their farm, check it out, meet them. They'll be happy to meet you. Find out where your food's coming from. Maybe you can go out there and volunteer a little bit. Maybe you end up getting some free food. Uh, maybe you could, maybe your kids would want to work there as they get a little bit older. I mean, you never know. I mean, there's like, why not connect and support the local farmers, volunteer, um, and find out where your food's coming from. I don't know anything more sacred than when you take something and you put it in your mouth or your child's mouth, and it goes inside of their body. It's not much more sacred than that. So the the, the solutions are really us realizing and recognizing that we have power with our buying dollars and that we drive industry. And if you're tired of this crap and you don't want to have any labels, then just do what we're sharing with you. You're educated now. Um, start growing your own foods. That's another one. Get really good seeds. Start sprouting. Uh, get your own uh, biodynamic gardens going. Get your food forest going at your place. Um, there's so many things that you can do. And start at whatever level that you can. You know, And maybe you're buying conventional foods right now. Maybe just start buying organic. Look at the PLU stickers. And make sure you're purchasing the stickers that start with a nine and look for the non-GMO label and look for the regenerative organic certified label. Look for the real organic product label. These two new ones that are coming out and stay away from gene edited foods. <laughs> so, um, Hey Max, was there anything else you'd like to say in closing? Well, you know what you said, you said so many great things to him and I want to emphasize something. You know, we talk a lot about food as medicine and when you eat really really good food you know that it's medicine like uh dr mike's uh aloe vera i mean that's that stuff is mind-blowing mm -hmm. and you drink that his aloe vera juice and you know it's medicine 
And that's really when the light bulb goes off is when you eat. Uh, I also wrote a story about there's a, a guy in Florida who's growing these uh, regenerative organic uh, blueberries in the soil. It's called King Grove Organic Farms. They do blueberries. They sell them for two to three months a year. That's it. I mean, you taste this stuff and it'll blow you away. It's when you eat these foods and then you really understand how food is medicine. And most of the stuff out there is just not. Most of the stuff out there is just filling your stomach. Yeah. I actually, I, I like, I have like the foods that I eat. When I eat them, I literally feel like my body's healing itself as I eat. And I really enjoy the flavors. The flavors are bursting. People come over and they have salads. We put a lot of sprouts and sprouted nuts and seeds and grains. Everything's sprouted. And <laughs> they can't believe how good everything tastes. And I literally, I had classes and I'd make these living food dinners and these guests and stuff. People would reach out to me the next day, two days, three days later, sometimes a week later and say, dude, I still have energy from that one meal, like yeah. I, from at your house, that one meal. So imagine if you could have that one meal every single day in your family, it just became part of your lifestyle. And again, looking at, cause I understand people have pocketbooks is that it's, it's, it's a lot less money to invest in high quality foods up front. And you can actually live cheap. You can actually do this cheaper, but in the beginning I would tell people it's a lot cheaper than chemo. It really is. And you, you have choices today. You could either die younger and keep going to the stores and fast food doing this stuff, or you can make a decision today, make your health a priority. You're going to start living longer, but having a higher quality of life and not leaving a train wreck of pollution and garbage behind you and setting a good example again for your kids and grandkids, healing the earth, healing ourselves. So Max, thank you for being here. If you guys want to check out Max, which I hope you do, you can stay up to date on uh, Organic Insider News. Just go to organicinsider.com. That's organicinsider.com. And you can actually click on where it says work with Max and you can collaborate. He actually has um, a lot of his stuff is free. Like I do about 80% of the stuff that I do is free, but he also, um, he also has um, uh, uh, programs. So, you know, you can, get more stuff, more in depth. You can subscribe to become a premium member of organic subscriber. And he's got a few different levels of that. Some of them where you can actually talk to him uh, once, I think it was uh, once a year or a couple times a year and just go there and you guys can check it out. There's a lot more benefits. There's three different programs. You can support him. And, and we just had a nice talk and uh, he's going to start, he's going to put up a donate button because you know, mm -hmm. People are so a lot of people are subscribing just because they want to donate money to the cause and what he's doing. We have a lot of that too, where we've got people donating to our inner circle. Um, they don't show up as much as everybody else because they just want to donate and, and give us money to keep putting good information out there and, and educating people. And that's what it really boils down to is we have to get educated and then we have to act. We have to get educated and we have to act. And the working class people are smarter than they think they are. That we have we hold all the cards, we have all the power, we have the money. Let's just go out and change everything, vote with our dollars, improve our health, improve our society, and that's how we do it. So until next time, change yourself, change your world, and I'll see you guys again soon. Bye for now. Thanks for listening again to The Health Hero Show. I'm your host, Tim James. And remember, change yourself, change your world, and we'll see you again on the next episode. Talk to you soon. You have just listened to The Health Hero Show with Tim James. <laughs>